Let's open with a word of prayer. Father, truly we are a blessed people. Even as singing that song, we've recounted some of the blessings that you've given us. And yet the greatest blessing is the cross, your son, Jesus Christ, who you sent uh, to pay for our sins, to give us life, to die for us. And all those of us who have faith, the blessings that we have in Christ, the hope that we have in the future. And what a joy it is to gather here this evening uh, and to lift you up for all that you have done for us. We pray now as we turn our attention to your word, that you would work through your word here in Psalm 18, that you would be honored in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 18. It is a long psalm, uh, 50 verses. So, we're going to jump right into it. Psalm 18. I'm going to actually start by reading the title because it helps give context to the psalm itself. Psalm 18, to the chief musician. A psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, and whom I trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. The pangs of death surrounded me. The floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry came before him, even to his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundation of the hills also quaked and were shaken because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring, devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by him. He bowed the heavens also and came down with darkness under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and flew. He flew upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His canopy around him was dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. From the brightness before him, his thick clouds passed with the hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out his arrows and scattered the foe. Lightnings in abundance, he vanquished them. Then the channels of the sea were seen. The foundations of the world were uncovered at your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. He sent from above, he took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has recompensed me. For I have kept the way of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from him. From my God. For all his judgments were before me. I did not put away his statutes from me. I was also blameless before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore, the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. With the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. With a blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. 
And with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. For you will save the humble people, but will bring down haughty looks. For you will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of deer and sets me on high places. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You've also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up. Your gentleness has made me great. You enlarged my path under me so my feet did not slip. I've pursued my enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn back again till they were destroyed. I have wounded them so that they could not rise. They have fallen under my feet. For you have armed me with strength for battle. You have subdued under me those who rose up against me. You have also given me the necks of my enemies so that I destroyed those who hated me. They cried out, but there was none to save. Even to the Lord, but he did not answer them. Then I beat them as fine as the dust from the wind. I cast them out like dirt in the streets. You have delivered me from the strivings of the people. You have made me the head of the nations. A people I have not known shall serve me. As soon as they hear of me, they obey me. The foreigners submit to me. The foreigners fade away and come frightened from their hideouts. The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. Let the God of my salvation be exalted. It is God who avenges me and subdues the peoples under me. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. You've delivered me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles, and sing praises to your name. Great deliverance he gives to his king and shows mercy to his anointed, to David and his descendants forevermore. Psalm 18 is obviously a very long psalm. In fact, as you work your way through it, it's kind of a, a winding psalm as well. It's difficult. It's one of those psalms. It's difficult to, to put into an outline because it kind of, it's like a winding path. And sometimes it doubles back and there's themes that follow its way through. Psalm 18 is really a summary of David's whole life in retrospect. Specifically, Saul is mentioned when David was delivered from Saul, but it also says when he was delivered from the hand of all his enemies. And the title there. It seems best to understand that as David, looking back, as he's come to the end of his life, he looks back and he sees the goodness of God. He sees how God has delivered him. From those greatest enemies that he ever faced, from the greatest multitude of enemies, from them all together, God has delivered him from each and every one. As he works his way through Psalm 18, he's singing of the greatness of this God, his majesty, and the fact that he deserves to be exalted. What's interesting, this Psalm 18 is also in 2 Samuel 22. That's where it first appears, in 2 Samuel 22. There's a few differences, but that's its first, uh, where it first appears. So as we come to Psalm 18 this evening, it kind of 
is sandwiched between an opening song of praise and a closing song of praise. And then in the middle is his testimony of what God has done. Start out with the opening song of praise. He says, I will love you. That love is different than the other word love that is often used in scripture. It's different different than, than covenant love. David is saying here, I will love you with a deep and intimate, a, a personal love. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I trust, my shield, the horn of salvation, my stronghold. David uses several words here to describe God. God is the one who protects him. He's his defense. He fights for him. And yet at the same time, he's his offense. He defends him and he goes on the offense for him. He's a rock. The idea is is something that is immovable. It's not a boulder that can just be rolled or pushed. It's it's more of the idea of a mountain. Something that is, is completely immovable. He's my rock, my fortress. The one who delivers me. And then in verse 2, he goes, My God. My God. My God. My personal God. The God with whom I trust. The God with whom I have a relationship. I think that's important to note because Psalm 18 is possible only because God is David's God. His hope is not in the idols of his time, the idols of his enemies, the false gods of those who oppress him. His hope is in Yahweh. And Yahweh is his God. He is my God. He is my strength. He's the one in whom I trust. Again, more words of defense. He's my shield. He's my stronghold. He's my horn of salvation. Again, more of an offensive word. He's my power, my strength, the one who goes before and gives salvation. This is who God is. Therefore, I will call upon the Lord. I will love you, and I will call upon you, and I will trust in you. There's three actions of David in those first three verses. And they're in response to who God is. He's my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, my strength. I will love him. I will trust him. I will call upon him. Because he is worthy to be praised. And I will be saved from my enemies. So David starts with this song of praise. These first three verses, kind of a summary. This is where I'm going. This is who God is. This is how I respond to him. This is what he's worthy of. As you get to verse 4, he gets more into the details. The pangs of death surrounded me. The floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. He's emphasizing this. 
He was surrounded. He was afraid, again, surrounded, confronted. He uses the idea of of death, sheol, death, the ungodliness. He is stressing the fact of the, the complete hopelessness of the situation in which he finds himself. His enemies who are greater than him surround him and they are holding him down. Death is creeping on. There's no hope of rescue at this point. He's like the man condemned to hanging, standing there with the hood over his head and the rope around his neck and all that's left is that floor to drop. And he's standing there and in that moment he has no no hope. There's nothing else that he can do. His enemy has won and yet... In my distress, in this hopeless situation, I called upon the Lord. I cried out to, and there it is again, my God. He's my God, and I cried out to him. And here is David's hope. He had no hope in himself. He had no hope in his friends. His situation was hopeless, except for his hope in his God. Because he cried out to his God, and he heard my voice from his temple, from his dwelling place, from heaven where he dwells, he heard my voice. My cry came before him even to his ears. This coming Sunday morning will be in Malachi 3, verses 16 to 18. And and Malachi, we'll, we'll touch on this again Sunday morning, obviously, but Malachi has been one of those books where it just seems like the people can do nothing right. They just, they're, they're, They just don't get it. And it's frustrating. And yet we'll come to these three verses this week. And finally, it's like like a drink of cool water. It's refreshing. Because this week we'll come to this passage where, where the faithful, those who fear God, speak to each other and they call out to God and God responds to them and he says, I will remember you. I will remember the faithful. There is a faithful remnant, and I will not cast them out. They call out to him, and he hears them. That's what we see here with David as well. He's in this situation, and he calls out to his God, and he hears him. His cry comes to his ears. In the next several verses, we see who this God is, we see his power. He's described as as angry. He bows the heavens. He comes down. He rides upon a cherub. The wings of the wind. Darkness is his secret place. The Lord thundered from heaven. The Most High uttered his voice. He sent out arrows to scatter the foe. He vanquished them. This is a terrifying God. In these verses, his, 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 his... Power, his glory is in full display. What hope do David's enemies have in the face of such a God? And what hope does David have with this God at his defense? In fact, that's, you see that contrast here. 
In verses 7 through 15, you see that the, the, uh, it just leaves you in awe of the power of this God. He's terrifying. And you come to 16 through 19, and you see his tender mercy towards his own. He sent from above, and he took me. He drew me out of many waters. That's, that's a, a reference back to, to that when he repeated, death, Sheol, death. I'm surrounded. I'm done for. But he came. He came from above and he took me out of those waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy. From those who hated me. They were too strong for me, but not for my God. Verse 18, the end of verse 18, the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. Broad place is the idea of into the open. He brought me out into safety. He took me from the many waters in which I was in, and he drew me out, and he brought me to, to ground that is high and dry. From the confines of captivity to the openness of freedom. He delivered me. Because he delighted in me. The Lord responds to the cry of his faithful servant. As you come to verses 20 and following, David then recounts why God responds to him and not to his enemies. According to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, he has recompensed me, he's avenged me. I've kept the ways of the Lord. I've not wickedly departed from my God. All his judgments, I, I kept them before me. I did not put away his statutes. I was blameless before him. I kept myself from iniquity. Therefore, the Lord has recompensed me. He's avenged me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. We saw a passage like this last week in Psalm 17, verses 3 to 5. Once again, David is not here standing on his own righteousness. He's not standing and saying, I deserve God's love. I deserve God to defend me because I am so good. Look at my righteousness. That, that is my plea before God. That's not what he's saying. It's clear in the rest of this psalm that he's entirely dependent on God. Rather, I think what this does, what this passage does, is it testifies back to what he says at the very beginning of this psalm. I will love you. I will trust you. And as opposed to, to my enemies, I have shown my love to you. I have shown my trust to you because I have sought to obey you. I have tried to live righteously. To obey, to do what you have called me to. I have shown myself to be faithful. And the Lord rewards the righteous. He comes to the defense of his own. In fact, as you get into verses 25 and following, you see that this is, there's a correlation between obedience and blessing here. With the merciful, you show yourself to be Merciful. Blameless, you show yourself to be blameless. With the pure, you show yourself to be pure. Yet, with the devious, with the twisted, with the perverse, you show yourself to be shrewd. You deal wisely with them. You deal rightly with them. 
You will save the humble people. I will bring down the haughty, the proud. There's a correlation between obedience and blessing and disobedience and curse. We've seen that even in Malachi. We've been working our way through that. There's a correlation there. So God's reaction to David is a cause for thanksgiving, but, but it should not be a surprise. Because God always acts for the benefit of the righteous. Uniquely so. In the Old Testament with his people, but even now in our day, God reacts. God acts for the benefit of the righteous. That's exactly what Romans 8.28 says. All things work together for your good. I'm always acting for your benefit. It may not feel like your benefit. It may not be what you think is your benefit in this moment. But I'm always acting for your benefit. David goes on, For by you I can run against a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. With God at his defense, with this righteous God, this just God, this powerful God, no one can stand against him. He can run against a troop, against an army. He can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He's faithful. He is true. He's a shield to all who trust in him. Not just me, to all who trust in him. For who is God except the Lord? And who is this rock except our God? The next several verses, David goes on then to note that it's the Lord who brought David all of his successes. It's not because of me. It's not because of my strength. It's not because of my mighty men who I've gathered around me. It's because of the Lord. Notice the next several verses. He makes my feet like the deer. Sets me on the high places. He teaches my hands to make war. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. God gives him a strength to bend a bow, even when I'm made of bronze. He's my strength. You. We just look at the, the, the words here. He, he, you, 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 your, you. You give me shield salvation. Your right hand held me up. Your gentleness made me great. You enlarged my path under me, so my feet did not slip. David is entirely dependent on God. It is God's grace that sought David and called David. It's God's grace that sustained David. And it's God who's defeated David's enemies. And David understands that. In the next several verses, he goes back and forth between what he has done and then what God has done for him. I pursued my enemies. I did not turn back until they were destroyed. I have wounded them. But you armed me. You subdued under me those who rose up against me. You gave me their necks of my enemies. And so I destroyed them. In verse 41, they cried out, but there was none to save. Even to the Lord they cried. But he didn't answer them. Because the Lord hears the cry of his own, of those who trust in him. He is David's God. And he hears David's cry. Verse 42, so I beat them. I cast them out. But look at this. You delivered me. You made me the head of nations. David recognizes the sovereign hand of God over his life. Verses 43 to, 44, to, to 45. 
Because you are my God, and because you are great, I have been successful. That's what David's saying here. Yes, these are things that, that, that I have done, and yet he's recognizing, I did this, but you gave me the strength. You went before me. You acted on my behalf. And so we come again to the closing song of praise. The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. Let the God of my salvation be exalted. The God of my salvation, both physically for the physical enemies that David faced and spiritually. He's the God of salvation and he deserves to be exalted, to be lifted up. It is God who avenges me. He is the one who subdues people under me. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. It is very clear in this psalm that David realizes his, his complete dependence upon God. It is God who has done this. Therefore, my response, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles. I will sing praises to your name. In verse 50, he closes with an affirmation of the Davidic covenant. Great deliverance he gives to his king. He shows mercy to his anointed, to David and his descendants forevermore. That's what you promised me, God. You promised me and you are faithful and you will do it. You will show mercy to me and to my descendants forevermore, as God promised in his covenant. So it's a long psalm. It's kind of a, a winding psalm, but there's definite themes throughout the whole thing. The greatness of God, the majesty of God, the grace of God. I think it is important, as we noted uh, Sunday morning when talking about Malachi, and we noted the, the, the specific covenants that they were under, the blessings and the curses and the promises that God had given them. I think we see a sense of that here. There were promises that God had given David that, that, frankly, we don't have. We're not included in that. They're not for us as the church. There's a sense in which God uniquely fought for David. He was uniquely with David because he was his anointed. He had promises from God, specific promises that he could hold to, that he could cling to. And as we mentioned Sunday morning, we have promises as well. And there's very clear themes in this psalm that we can pick up to and that we can cling to. God is, is, is still our fortress for those who trust in him. He still fights for us. He goes before us for those who are in Christ. And I love verse 46, the Lord lives, blessed be my rock, let the God of my salvation be exalted. I think that verse kind of sums up this entire 50 verse psalm. As David comes to the end of it and he's looked back at what God has done, he's looked back at how God has delivered him and he says these three truths, God lives, he's my rock, blessed it, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. 
Brothers and sisters, our God lives. He has conquered death. He has risen again. He is our rock. And he deserves to be exalted. So the application would be this. The Lord lives. Because the Lord lives, the righteous have hope. Who are the righteous? Those who trust in the Lord. Those who are in Christ. Therefore, let those who trust him exalt him. Let those who trust him exalt him.